Finding process inefficiencies is exactly what Salonis, a company co-headquartered in Munich, does every single day for its customers. So when it comes to choosing the right technology to eradicate inefficiency in the finance function, it's not surprising that the company is ahead of the game. I'm Steve Dunn, and on today's Workday podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by Alex Caprio, SVP and Corporate Controller at Salonis, a man with his finger firmly on the pulse when it comes to finance transformation. Alex, fantastic to have you here on the show today. Thanks for having me. Really pleased you could join us um, at, at the end of a, I'm sure, a busy week, Alex. So I just wanted to start really, if we if we could, with your background and, and how your career has has developed, if you, if you don't mind starting there, please. Yeah, no, sure. So I started my career uh, in public accounting, like like many I would say traditional accounting routes would take. So, I spent uh, my first six years at, at Ernst and Young, and and it's just general audit practice, and and got a got a good ex- exposure to many different industries and many different clients. Um, and then and then from there, I realized that I I really didn't think or see myself doing that uh, for a full career for for the rest of my life, and was just interested in in you know I, I like the finance and accounting work, but just see what else was out there and. And uh, the industry industry work kind of really intrigued me, and so, you know, I, I made the decision to kind of uh, leave uh, the public accounting route and uh, and went into a financial reporting role uh, at a public company at the time called GFI Group, and I spent you know four four plus years there and in various roles, of moving up from a, a financial reporting senior manager all the way to director, then then to assistant controller, and really got got my hands on. A lot of different uh, operational side things, more than just the technical and financial reporting side, and that's really where I felt like I, I finally realized that's my niche and 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 what I really wanted to kind of get more exposure to. And so from there, and I also we we were we had a it was a brokerage business, but we had a we had a software. Uh, I would say we were developing software too for 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 the financial services industry, and that really intrigued me uh, to see obviously the the profit margins of 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 that business and the scalability of of software. So all those kind of reasons drove me to an intriguing role that I, I took as assistant controller of a software company that was public at the time called Intralinks. And that's where I spent, I would say six plus years there and ultimately was there as just a controller and then then eventually uh, made my way up to the controllership job there and and that's where I first got my exposure to workday uh, so I'll always remember that where we were implementing uh workday finance and hr there and uh, I was uh, leading that implementation uh, along with some other colleagues and um, that's where I, f- I first got my exposure and really appreciated the power of not only systems but specifically workday and and how um it really can really transform a an accounting and, and finance organization, and and then from there, I'm here. I'm at Salonis now, and um, we're a, a rapidly growing software company startup. And uh, late late stage, obviously, we were getting to a, a pretty critical mass of scale now and size. Um, and so, I've been here for uh, almost three years now. And um, again, you know, this is where I've I've had uh, experience and exposure to Workday as well. And and my second, I would say, implementation of Workday Finance here, and it's it's gone it's gone extremely well. And we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. For our listeners who are not familiar with uh, Salonis, can you maybe talk a little bit about the company and and what it does, please? Oh, sure, sure. So, uh, I mean, it's it's evolving, right? It started out um, as the pioneer of what, what we call process mining, and so uh, our three co-founders, um, you know, had this idea to 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 realize, hey, listen, all these business systems have kind of timestamps and kind of a, a log of history. And instead of 
you're traditionally sitting around interviewing and talking to people and, and consultants coming in and saying, you know, how does your process work? And just like, you know, mapping that out on paper and, 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 and flowing it through a diagram through in- inquiries and interviews and, and, and observations. Uh, they, they said, you know, technology should be able to show you your process with your real data at a, at a hundred percent population and, and knowing, you know, what, what, what really happens and what, doesn't happen, and 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 so we we pioneered that and and really um, gained a, a ton of traction in the market. Uh, we've been I'd say in business for eleven years now, but that would be like the first kind of journey of us, and we've kind of now really uh, I would say expanded that to a, a broader kind of um, horizon here around execution management. And so, you know, the way we think about our our, our product, our core product, is that we're an application that sits on top of many applications that uh, kind of, you know, bring all that together and and not only identify uh, process inefficiencies and 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 um, and where you have gaps and where you can kind of execute better. We also recommend and tell you, you know, how to run your bro- your business process and your and your systems a lot a lot more efficiently and sustainable. And that's really. Uh, in a nutshell, the crux of what we do. Uh, a next logical question within that is: every business has got its own reasons for for embarking on tech transformation. What were what were those main drivers that for Salonis that kind of initiated your digital acceleration and the, the reasons for for sort of shifting towards Workday? Sure. So, I mean, in in one word, it's scale. But in, in a little bit more context and color, I came here around three years ago, and we really started to, I would say, double down on our uh, ability to really drive scale and really accelerate our growth. At, I mean, we were we were, have been always growing at a rapid pace, but you know, really taking hold of the market a few years ago and and doubling down on that. And so, the way that you can do that in a way that really drives operating leverage is to do that with, you know, I would say modern systems. And so we've recognized that on the early onset and realized as we kind of really put the gas on our accelerated growth, uh, both obviously on top line and, and hiring and infrastructure, uh, we, we realized we needed to put a system in place to kind of really drive that. And so the good thing is, is we're still being such a young company. And, and you know, at the time when we were putting a lot of these kind of core systems, including Workday in place, um, you know, we were still small enough, right, where we can kind of really uh, drive, uh, you know, how we design things in a very nimble way and implement things very quickly ahead of that scale. Right? It's a lot harder to do that when you are that much larger. It's it's still you know possible. It just takes a lot more time and effort and people um, to do that. So we were still small enough, I think, where we can kind of do that pretty nimbly. And it's been, you know, looking back you know, almost three years and seeing the growth, both from a geographical footprint and obviously from a total headcount and the total kind of top line it's 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 uh it was the right decision at the time i wanted to kind of shift track uh, a, a little bit because i think you'll be remiss of me not to talk about you know global challenges facing business right now and here in the uk we've got our own challenges but if we look more broadly uh, across the world you know we've got ukraine the situation there we've got market volatility you know problems within the supply chain with the unpredictability there and just general uncertainty i think and you know how are you as an organization how are you facing that climate of constant change and as a finance function how's that impacting the way you plan as an organization and sort of the strategies that you uh, you have for dealing with such uncertainty mm-hmm. yeah so i think in twofold one is um you know i think we as a company are taking advantage of that um in the sense that 
you know, we're even more ripe for you know, business because as companies are going through that organizationally, hey, how do they get more efficient and effective? Um, you know, our you know platform is top of mind for them, and so I think that that's really a, a you know one thing that we get excited about as a company. Um, so on that front, specifically within our organization, how do we support that for not only our own business and and and, and how do we just kind of be a leader in that um, sense for ourselves from for what's going on in the market? It's all I think about just making sure that we are being more uh, efficient and providing faster and better insights uh, to our management to, to really help provide more real time uh, information so they can make quicker and better decision making. And so, how do we do that? Well, I think, you know, by by having our, our team really just kind of continue continuous improvement to drive automation and efficiency, um, you know, and help ourselves kind of uh, allow ourselves to grow and continue to grow uh, with operating leverage that we want, we can use technology and systems to really uh, help kind of fuel that through automation. Um, and so the more we can do that, the more we can kind of win more business and I would say invest more of that into the business and not into, you know, I would say additional finance personnel um, mm-hmm. that you just can otherwise use for for the technology can can do that work. So that's kind of more broadly how I kind of think about you know some of those things and and just like you said, you know, supply chain issues, um, you know, inflation and all, and all those things are are certainly real and and real for us as well. But you know, I think. Just staying close to our customers and 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 hearing their issues, I think, is is going to be um, you know really key for us, and we're doing that really well. Yeah, I mean, as, I guess as a, a, the, an organization as you are that relies so much on data and looks at process in such sort of detail, I guess you you're probably one step ahead of, of most businesses anyway. So that probably gives you um, a slight advantage, I would suggest. But the, the leading in on from that, and I think what one thing that I think that does link directly to is this idea of partnership and, and, and collaboration with other parts of the business because obviously it's particularly from from your story i mean you know finance being elevated from the role of number cruncher to, to more of a strategic business partner can you talk to me a little bit about how you're, you're using finance tools work there particularly obviously but other data to build those strategic relationships in the c-suite so with other business leaders and you know using data to to tell those stories um, to your business partners so they can gain value from it, if that makes sense. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think a, a couple of things that come to mind for me are, um, you know, having the one platform, right. And so, uh, you know, for us having our ability to kind of transact almost all of our end to end processes um, within Workday as this source of truth, I think really helps to, um, for us to kind of drive that by, for instance, you know, when you use it for a procurement system and your AP system and your, you know, we're, we're, we're paying, you know, suppliers and, and, and employee reimbursements and all, all these things, you know, all the kind of disbursement side of things, the AP side and the front end from requisitioning and procurement, all that supplier, like using that as an example, like our spend data, having that all in one system um, allows us to think about how we want to tag things using Workday's, you know, very modern way of multi-dimensional tagging information, projects, supplier groups, spend categories. It allows us very quickly to to analyze and report and 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 provide that information um, to management. So we can accumulate a bunch of costs perhaps on a specific initiative or project um, and really 
you know, provide, you know, how that's tracking towards, you know, budget or plan as an example. Um, so that's really, I think, one of the things, you know, whether you look at, you know, what our PO data looks like, what our top, you know, payments look like, spend look like, it's all one system. And when we are so global as we are, um, you know, when you transact in so many different currencies and so many different looks, like having the native system that you do all that you transact and report in, um, getting that information, obviously all translated to a kind of reporting currency has been a huge value for us uh, to kind of build that up. And we've been live for actually almost a little over two years now. So now when you have two years of that historical data, right, that you can kind of analyze and study, it really helps us to drive and predict and, and forecast for, you know, where we're going and, and how we're how we're kind of using our our resources efficiently. I think one of the one of the most important problems that we we keep coming up on on this podcast is is talent. Um, and you talked a little bit earlier about automation, which I think is obviously we all know is playing a huge part in terms of finance. But if we think about um, you know if we think about talent itself, so the the people who are going to do the job for the finance function of the future, how are you sort of thinking about finding, replacing, or reskilling the talent? for your finance team, not just today, but also tomorrow, is there a, a shift that you're seeing away from the traditional accounting skill set to sort of more of that data science and analytics you were talking about? Or are we still, is there still a transitional period where we still need the old fashioned sort of accounting skills as well? What's what do you see in that? Yeah, top of mind uh, for me too. And thanks for bringing this up. So I, I, I think the shift has happened already. We're obviously we're we're still going through it, and I think we'll continue to go through it always as we kind of always look for more innovative technology uh, in general. But um, you know, going back to just being here for, oh, I say, nearly three years now and embarking on this um, growth journey that we've been on, we had such when I was hired too, and, and coming in to build the team, you know, we we've had such great conviction on, you know, and confidence on our growth aspirations. And so we, we kind of did a really good job specifically in, in the controllership organization as well of building, I would say building ahead of that growth, um, which was a, a really appreciated kind of thing uh, for, for finance too, to just say, listen, let's, let's hire now, let's anticipate, we know we're going to be you know, big enough where we need to support a much larger operation in the next coming years. And so my point is we, we in, you know, kind of intentionally knew that and hired ahead of the curve. And we've gotten now to the point that you know we are uh, you know scaling really well with that, and and have I would say the right team in place that can really um, drive growth with uh, you know minimal incremental headcount, and we've consciously hired people with what I would say more modern uh, mindsets around and modern skill sets around what where the world's heading to uh, versus you know this traditional kind of uh, accounting kind of persona that would be, hey, 80% of the, their days would be spent, you know, either, you know, calculating things and, and, and booking journal entries or, you know, taking things out of various kind of systems and spreadsheets and patching it together for, you know, ad hoc analysis or just data entering, you know, AP invoices or, you know, applying cash or reviewing expense reports, like all that stuff that you would say would be a traditional, very proud finance organization of where they're spending most of their time, you know, working in spreadsheets, leaving system issues only to the, you know, the IT department, 
being decentralized and all over the place and doing their own little rogue way of doing things. <laughs> I mean, we've kind of shifted to that and and um, completely hired for that skill set of people that are analytical minds who really knew that, hey, they're spending most of their time that you know, a- analyzing stuff because they don't need to spend you know, 80% of their time on data entry. They could spend 20% of their time on data entry because the system's doing most of that, right? Through automating cash application, through automating invoice ingestion, through, um, you know, having everything in one system. So when you have ad hoc analyses, you could just pull things instantaneously and, and get what you need very quickly instead of patching it together. Being a really a business partner, like, so uh, the way I kind of hired our team is to, Yes, that's table stakes to kind of get the books closed fast and timely, but most of that is being done through automation and through systems. And we can spend more of our time during the close analytically making sensitive things and really being, I would say, that first line of defense to understand the month end or the quarter end and what happened and make sense out of it. And instead of that, and then handing it over to our FP&A team, you know, for them to do their job, but they already have all the answers to their questions really, um, you know, there for us, for them. So they can then, instead of worrying, you know, understanding that and spending days doing that and then taking that information for, you know, reforecasting and, and reanalyzing the business, they can mo- almost always like, skip that step and just focus on reforecasting and, and re-guiding the business to, the, to where it's going. That's how I've always thought about a really good uh, a modern accounting team to 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 be to do to take that work off of the FPNA so they could really focus on where they add the most value, which is in reforecasting and reguiding and, and making decisions that impact the future and steering the company in the right direction. So that's that's where we've got to, and and uh, it's it's so we have been there. I think I think there's a lot of organizations playing catch up on that, both from a systems and people perspective. Um, and so I, I'm really proud of, you know, how we think about things and where we are in that, in that regard. The, the one thing that while you were talking again, that got me, got me thinking. And again, it's, it's all about, all about that idea of, of being armed with the right data to, um, to deal with things as they come up. And that's this whole notion of ESG, right? So, I mean, it's, it's everywhere right now. I mean, it's been pushed up the agenda for, for virtually <laughs> all business leaders, right? If you can't do an interview these days, I'm sure without, without it being mentioned. So, how are you thinking that about that as a finance leader and, and how should businesses be thinking about making it real, you know, rather than, you know, just greenwash and, and paying lip service to it due to that public pressure that's out there? If you've got any thoughts on that, I'd love to hear them, Alex. Yeah, sure. So I think um, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's top of mind and it's, be- and it, it'll, it'll actually just going to be probably more of a, of a, of a top of mind topic for, for finance and, and business leaders. So uh, a couple thoughts from me on that. I think, it, you know, I also kind of manage, uh, oversee our procurement operation here at Salonis and, um, and certainly top of mind for, for that organization uh, as well, as far as, you know, supplier sustainability and making sure that we are partnering with uh, sustainable suppliers and evaluating them and monitoring them and making sure that they're, you know, great long-term you know partners for us. And that, you know, that's a different thing, you know, that was never thought of, you know, even a few years ago. Um, but now um, that's top of mind, obviously, like everything else. I mean, there's a lot of now tools out there that, that are, you know, entering the market and, and, and trying to jockey for position to kind of really uh, help support that as it's becoming more of a, of a, of a bigger business topic. So I think that 
we are we are looking at that. We are, um, you know, we have issued like you know supplier sustainability kind of policy and how we how we want to look at that and how we analyze and and um, and do that. And, uh, and our own tool, I mean, from a go to market perspective, is 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 you know is certainly something that we're looking at and and starting to, to partner and and uh, help co- help our own kind of customers think about their own supplier sustainability in general. So I think. You know that's top of mind. More directly for me is on the supplier sustainability side. I think we, as 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 obviously, you know, today's kind of workforce need to realize that uh, we we do emit a lot of emissions and a lot of you know waste into the into the world, and we need to think about how to how to better do this. So I think everybody, the way I think about it is everybody's really recognized that it's an issue, and, and we have to solve it sooner than later, uh, which is good. Um, we're looking at you know the, the markets developing for tools to kind of really analyze and, and, and do that. We're a private company, but you know we do you know I'm being a, a former kind of big four accountant who was overseeing companies that were U.S. registrants. The SEC recently you know, you know published uh, information around potentially disclosures around all this stuff, so it's certainly top of mind from the regulators as well. So I think everybody knows it's top of mind. I still think everybody's figuring out <laughs> how to measure. That and that's what I think is the the thing I want to really start to understand better too. And you know, it's not like it's a debit credit like in accounting worlds where you can clearly see black and white. You know, a uh, hundred dollars in cash is a hundred dollars in cash. That's tangible. I think some of the intangibility of of these initiatives, I think, is really where we need to focus our efforts on as a world and figure out how do we really confidently measure these to make sure that we can monitor them and and obviously measure ourselves if we're, you know, how do we get better with, uh, with emissions and with, you know, carbon footprint and tangibly say, Hey, we're, we're improving that just like you're any other kind of metric you want to monitor as a finance organization and improve on. I think this should be no different. Great answer. So um, I'm yet to, to meet a finance or a, for that, for that matter, an HR person on this podcast who, who has all the answers, but I think what's clear is organizations like yours, progressive organizations who've kind of equip themselves both from a technology and a culture perspective uh, seem to be uh, further along in the, in the journey to getting their head around ESG and, and how they're going to kind of tackle that and all the, the legislation that, un, that underpins it. So um, yeah, really interesting to, to see how that one uh, develops. I'm sure we'll, we'll have you back on the podcast to talk more about that in the future. I couldn't have you on the podcast as a man who's got more experience on workday deployments than than most people um, across the finance function. So I'd love to, to kind of just wrap up by you know any pieces of advice that you would give to to other leaders who are starting their transformation journey, or you know, just starting to think about how they're going to sort of move into the same world um, that that you're in currently with with, with Solonis? How would how would you how should they start to unpick that and some advice for them, please? Yeah, so I mean, I think what I've learned that's been really successful in these kind of implementations and deployments are um, one. You know, again, and some of it, I think maybe it's just more uh, generic, and some of it I'll try to specify specifically around this. This, you know, how, how great Workday is and how much it can really help if you just look into it further. It's, I think, making sure that you have your best people involved more than you even think. I think has has been a wild success for us to to think long term instead of short term, and so. You have to really think long term and the long term benefits of doing that and putting your best people on that because you really want them to drive the direction of the implementation and the future state of the organization. I think that's one thing that's that's really big and 
and and so investing your own people and also don't shortchange investing the implementation partners that you need to make sure that you have the right partner to, to kind of do this journey. Another role I would say is just, you know, it's been wildly successful for us too, is having a full-time internal project manager that's part of your team, not a contractor, not, you know, a consultant, you know, just somebody in your finance or, or business organization that really understands the business and the current landscape of the systems to to really drive that. I think that that's been a huge success as well. And then lastly, specifically around Workday, it's got so much opportunity. And so thinking about don't just, you know, do a lift and shift, right? So I think I've seen a lot of unsuccessful implementations, even, even you know, some within Workday where they just shortchanged it and just did a lift and shift of like, okay, you know, for anybody familiar with Workday, it's not your traditional, I would say, GL string of of data in a, you know, a rigid kind of database. It's it's such more nimble and fluid in real time and 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 flexible. And so really thinking more of that modern system architecture and not just lifting up, okay, we did it in this system this way, you know, otherwise it's just going to look a lot nicer, but you're going to not get the value. The value is really how Workday can support automation and, you know, and record keeping and, and, and real-time information um, at, at a much more granular level. Like you people sometimes wouldn't realize like, you know, by enforcing certain rules and, and work tags on transactions on the front end, by putting in custom validations, by using the business process framework to, you know, route approvals to the appropriate people to make sure that you have those controls in place. Um, doing that on the front end pays such dividends on the back end. So we've done all of that, and I've done that in multiple companies now. Just stop taking the old way of doing things and assuming you're going to get to a different outcome just with the fancier system. You know, you got to really challenge yourselves on what the pain points are what takes a lot of time and and really reevaluate that by using such great functionality and workday. I mean, everything right now today in modern finance is is all workflow. Almost everything is is really monitored and driven from you know workflow of either notifications, approvals, and making sure the right people are looking at things on the front end. And Workday does a phenomenal job with its business process framework to drive that on all operational transactions and accounting entries. And so thinking about that is just, just amazing. And 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 then the next thing is is as innovative as Workday is, you know, what you get today isn't what you're gonna have in six months. It's not what you're gonna have in a year. And so a lot of times people who traditionally went through system implementations, you know, they they did their own, okay, they went through the implementation, like, okay, good. Now we have this system for the next 15 years. Okay, let's work with it, right? <laughs> and so thinking about constantly being innovative and constantly challenging the status quo because the status quo is always changing um, right underneath you with Workday. And so making sure you have the right people with the right mindsets that are always saying, well, you know, yes, it's working now and this is great, but things evolve and things change. And so we need we need to make sure that our business partner and Workday is changing like we are. Um Alex, that was uh, honestly quite honestly fascinating. Um, thank you so much for for joining us today on the Workday podcast. I know you're a 
uh, you're a very busy man, so I appreciate uh, you joining us today. No, no problem. Thanks for having me. It was really, you know, nice to to catch up and talk to you about some of these interesting topics. I know you're actually going to be joining us at a, a special event in in Munich in September. Our bits and pretzels, which is amazingly named. Um, where you're going to be talking, uh, going a little bit deeper on the Solonis Workday story and how you're thinking about. Uh, the finance transformation for the future. So that should be a great event. So looking forward to uh, hopefully seeing you in Munich as well. Yeah, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. You've been listening to Steve Dunn on the Workday Podcast. For more, you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts or at blogs.workday.com. Until next time, have a great workday.